Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 103. I am thrilled to have Belinda Davidson joining me today on the show. Uh, now, I know I have a lot of scientists on the show, a lot of doctors, but sometimes there are things that we just can't quite explain why they are. And uh, Belinda is a modern mystic. She is a psychic. She has worked as professionally as a medical intuitive for decades. She used to have a two-year wait list when she used to do readings. Uh, and she is one heck of a fascinating woman. Uh, I feel very blessed to have been able to have this conversation with her. And uh, she has some incredible gifts that she shares with the world and anyone who wants to make the most of them. Her life's motto is to thine own self be true. And part of the work she does is really helping people discover their own souls. You know, we can be so, so busy working hard, go, go, going, getting this done, that done, picking this person up, taking them there. You know, everything is doing and in being more and in tapping into what really is at the deepest heart of ourselves, uh, she believes, and I believe it too, that we can really find a much deeper sense of, of soul purpose. And, uh, and something I love that I saw on her website, because I have a bit of a beef with, with this at the moment, is that she's not a newbie intuitive or a spiritual coach who, who just popped up last week because of some online marketing course they did. You know, she was born a psychic. And some of the stories she shares today about her childhood are just fascinating as she comes to move from it being this huge burden and curse that made her different and weird and into using it as her power. And I think, you know, she had to do the work to find her own sole purpose and now teaches others how to do that themselves. Uh, so I know you're going to love that chat. Now I've just got a couple of little things to mention. One is new month, new amazing show supporter, and it's one we've had before, Walida. And uh, a lot of you will have used Walida products uh, almost religiously, some of you I know, uh, as I have definitely got a couple of things in the range that are just instant restocks. There's just no question about um, letting them stay out of stock in my cabinets. Uh, and I've shared actually a few of my favorites in the show notes. If any of you are newer to buying Lotox products and you just want a couple of firm favorites from, from me, they're all listed there, but you have 20% off and free shipping with orders $29.95 or over. The only thing it excludes is obviously things that are already on uh, discounted or gift packs, but everything else you get that amazing 20% off and free shipping with $29.95 or more. And, uh, and what a generous, generous offer from one of the global pioneers of uh, low-tox beauty. I mean, Walida was founded by Rudolf Steiner, who in one lifetime managed to revolutionize education through the Steiner education model. He managed to revolutionize farming through the biodynamic model. And he managed to co-found one of the greatest, most uh, ethical, fair trade uh 
highly, uh, highly beautiful low-tox brands ever to exist in Walida. So I encourage you to get to know the range if you don't know it already and uh, make the most of the details I've provided in the show notes along with your code that you're going to need. And it's super, super easy to find the show notes. You literally just do lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast and then click on the latest podcast to see what that week's offer is. Uh, You also get a a really great overview of all the questions that I asked the interviewer of that week uh, and anything else that might be happening in the life and land of Lotox, whether it's about a new course we have or um, an interview I've done, it's all there. Uh, speaking of um, things going on in Lotox land, the book is now available in the US. And thank you, everybody who's pre ordered it on Amazon. If you haven't, please jump on and get your um, orders in. We in the show notes have our affiliate author link, which helps authors earn a little bit more money from books because anyone who's written a book knows that you don't earn an awful lot from books. Um, but uh, it, it would be very much appreciated if you shopped our affiliate link. Um, and, uh, and also if I could just ask for one more thing, I know that might be a bit cheeky, but it really does help authors everywhere. If you, uh, you know, it's wonderful. I love being shared, you know, passages that you're enjoying, uh, your Instagram pictures, the in situ kind of little recipes brewing and things. It's just amazing that you share all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is where I get cheeky. Just one more thing. If you could jump onto an online retailer, even if you didn't particularly buy the book from there, but if you've read the book and you've loved it, to just jump onto Booktopia, Book Depository, Amazon, wherever you might have um, uh, bought the book from or find it easy to just jump onto one of those websites and leave a review, that would be absolutely amazing because... Obviously, I don't live in America or the UK or Europe, uh, and so I can't go around and give lots of talks like I do in Australia. And reviews are a way for people who might not have come across my work before and the whole positivity of the low-tox vibe and really moving us all forward as a planet, as a people. Uh, and, you know, it, it, they see a few five-star reviews and a couple of positive comments, and they think, oh, I might give that a go. It sounds good. Uh, whereas if there's nothing, uh, then they've got nothing to go by. So I really, really appreciate anyone who's got a minute or two this week to jump on and leave an online review somewhere. That would be awesome. Now, let's hook into this amazing chat with Belinda, shall we? I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. Hi, Belinda. How are you? Well, thank you, Alex. I'm very much looking forward to this today. So am I. And uh, look, I'm just going to jump right in and ask you what it's like to be a psychic. It's really hard for me to answer that question (laughs) because it's kind of like saying to a fish, tell me about water. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I was born psychic. I've always been able to look inside people and see things about them. And I've always been able to know things that I came to realize as I grew older that other people didn't know. So what it's like to be psychic, it's like having x-ray vision. It's like having vampiric senses. And it's being incredibly susceptible to other people's feelings and emotions but also having well for me it is also having the ability to see inside people and know all about them but what it also means is that I really am plugged into 
another world, you could call it. And ever since I can remember, I've been able to see spirits, so uh, deceased people who have found the afterlife. I've always been able to see ghosts. I've always been able. I've really always had one foot in both worlds. And my life has been about learning to navigate that because although it was normal and natural for me, mm. <laughs> I was born into a society and a culture in which it was abnormal. Yeah. And most of my life has been learning how to just sort all that out <laughs> because it's not easy. I can imagine. And so you talk about, you know, having one foot in this world and one in the other. Um, like, are you just walking along or randomly popping out an email and you'll just see a, a, a ghost um, or someone deceased just walk on by into another room? Is Do you do, I mean, is that something that's in your everyday? Yeah. Wow. But it's too much to handle, so I try to zone out, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you can actually control how much you dip into the other yes. world. Right. Exactly. So in our conversation that we're having now, I am not uh, to respect your privacy. Mm. I am not looking inside you. I am not. Darn it. I wish you would. Go <laughs> no, for it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not tuning into you. I think that's just being respectful. So now, of course, as soon as I heard your voice on the phone, I got a very clear sense of who you are as a person because the voice carries vibration. And I worked as a medical intuitive and a psychic for 20 years and had thousands and thousands of clients. So I'm very tuned in to voices mm -hmm. i just know instantly when i hear a voice oh it's this type of person but that's not really peering inside people i i try not to peer i try not to be a voyeur although uh, in my life everyone's an open book so energy is energy right the gotcha. energy that you're giving off is energy and in the energy world or in the spirit world, we're all open. So us human beings, we walk around trying not to show, well, adults do, don't they? Trying not to show, oh, I'm not angry, although we're seething with anger, or I'm not sad, although we're crying on the, on the inside. We spend a lot of time trying to rein it in or hide how we feel. But for me and for other people like me and for the energy and spirit realms, energy's energy and it's open. It's always accessible that being said though i do respect people's privacy and i have an immediate sense of a person but i'm not peering if that makes sense i'm not looking in to uh see what they're about or what they're doing because we all want to have our own privacy mm. but in my day-to-day -day life yes it happens very regularly that i will be like you said writing an email and there's a ghost or uh, walking out on the street trying to mind my own business when <laughs> I see um, a certain ailment within a person. Or I just, you can honestly think of it like this, I really have x-ray vision and I just really know what people are about and what is ailing them. Wow. Um yeah, that is that is an incredible gift. But was it always a gift? I'm curious because obviously as a child or, or maybe because it was always within you, you never felt that it was abnormal. I'd love to know that kind of idea, I guess, of whether you ever felt that it was a curse that you felt this way or that you had this, this ability. I still think sometimes it's a bit of a curse. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's true 
because it's a lot to handle. Exactly. I was going to say, you're not just, I mean, you know, most of us find it hard enough to deal with our own stuff, let alone being able to see everybody else's. You know, it's kind of like this. Imagine that you have a radio in front of you and you tune into one station and it's, I love, you know, European classic music. So let's just say it's that. And you listen to that and you are uh, on that frequency. Imagine then if you started to turn the dials and turn all other radios on so that you have 10 different uh, frequencies or music or maybe 20 or 30. That can be the reality of my everyday life. So I can be having a conversation with you and also aware that on another dimension or frequency, you could call it, I can hear uh, people having a conversation in another language. Or in another frequency, I can then see a ghost. Or I, It's maybe hard to uh, explain or understand, but I do believe as energetic beings that we are able to be in multi-dimensions at the same time. Now, I have to say, Alex, I didn't think that our conversation was going to go in this direction. <laughs> twists and turns, Belinda, twists and turns. You just never know. Just being honest, I suppose, mm. uh, about what it's like for me. So what starts to happen is that I start to experience multi-dimensions at the same time. And I am then plugged into all these, imagine all these like 10, 20 radios or different radio stations blasting at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy because, I mean, for me, that actually sounds quite terrifying <laughs> to, you know, it, it definitely depicts the the um, sometimes, I guess, heavy aspect um, or, um, or um, is it like... Oh, there's a word in French, abrutissant, and it's like there's just so much going on around you that it can feel overwhelming. Do you ever feel a sense of overwhelm or over Absolutely. the years have you Absolutely. been? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I didn't have my spiritual practices, I practice my own personal practice and the practice that I advocate is chakra cleansing, working with the white light and being mindful. I could say to you with complete sincerity and also a big dollop of sadness mm. I would probably be crazy and I don't know if I would be alive right yeah so you asked me was my ability always a gift I can honestly say for probably the first 20 years of my life it was a curse mm. it was extremely scary you use the word terrifying I would agree with that it was terrifying being me not only that I experienced a lot of rejection so when I was a small child I would just tell people what I saw inside of them and I didn't realize you see at that point that I was unusual of course and because you don't develop self-consciousness until sort of seven eight nine years old so that makes perfect sense yeah. mm. and so I was always in trouble from adults you're a nosy Parker, you're this, you're that. You know, I talk about a experience that I write about in my book that I knew that my teacher who'd been absent for a couple of weeks was pregnant. I could see the tiny baby growing inside her. Oh, but wow. I thought it was common knowledge. So I said to her, oh, have you recovered from morning sickness? And she went white and started to berate me in front of my school class that I was a gossip and a liar. And she sent me outside and I spent a couple of hours just crying outside, confused about my life mm. <laughs> and state affairs. I 
nowadays have learned to manage this ability and I do see it as a gift because when I worked as a medical intuitive, my ability really helped people understand their problems and I did work with doctors and healthcare practitioners who if they didn't know what was wrong with their client would contact me right. and they would say, Linda, I don't know what to do. And I'd look inside and say, it's this, this, this. I mean, without you know medical training, uh, I did that. And then when I stopped working in a one-on-one capacity, then I started teaching, which I teach in School of the Modern Mystic, certain type of uh, meditation techniques to calm the mind and stop experiencing overwhelm and work on your chakras, you know, to change your energy, to change your life. So I do think that my abilities are gifts, but I tell you, there are still days where I think, oh, this is a lot to mm. handle. Have you ever then like seen these people who um, berated you as a child later in life and said, hey, guess what? Turns out I'm a psychic. It explains everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, have you ever had reconnects with these people who thought you were the strangest little child and then and then ever found a sense of, um, I don't know, closure with people who you had some really tough relationships with, I would have imagined. I certainly did when my book came out last year. Mm. I came from a Christian family and writing that book I was concerned about how my family would take it. Now, not my immediate family or not anyone I mentioned in the book because I asked their permission, of course, and they read it. I was shocked at the response that it was so positive. You know, my mother's siblings and my you know extended family wrote and said, oh, we get it now. I wasn't an odd child because I'm actually quite articulate and communicative and I have an outgoing personality. So people wouldn't have described me as odd. They described me as uh, too truth-telling, you know, like brash. And mm. <laughs> and also, well, when I was in my teens, then I was intense and sad because I was so confused about who I was. But, yes, I haven't had the experience with school teachers. I mean, I oh, I'd love it if they, my high school called me and said, oh, would you come and give a <laughs> talk about psychic development? Like, yes. That would be amazing. Um, but my book was really well received from people that knew me growing up. And it wasn't a what? It was more of a, oh, oh I get it. Yeah. Were you some sort of like as a teenage girl in your group of teenage friends, did people know to use your gifts yet? Like, Kate, okay, suss out this guy for me. Let me know. Uh, was was any of that kind of stuff happening or was it no, still? No, because I didn't understand I was psychic. I didn't have gotcha. a contextual framework for it. Yeah. I didn't, I was brought up Christian and that stuff was of the devil. I mean, mm. I was exorcised when I was 11. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, for the amount of paranormal activity that would happen in our family home. So, you know, all of that was woo-woo, devil, Satan, no, so I didn't even know. I don't even know if I really knew the word psychic. It was only after I left school I started working in a spiritual bookstore with two run by two lovely old hippies. Oh, from fabulous! Fox. You would have found your people at last. <laughs> and then I started reading everything. Mm. What is it? 
and our psychic development. And then I understood, oh, okay, I, 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 I kind of get it. And then for a little while on the side, no one knew, yeah. I worked in a psychic cafe, uh, 19. Oh, wow. I was doing, um, like, I just hold people's hands and talk about them. But that didn't last very long because everyone wanted to know about their future. And I was confused because there is no future. And I was somehow supposed to tell people their futures and it felt like lying to people because it is lying. There is no future. There are thousands, if not millions of paths that you could choose Mm, (laughs) and create. And so, yes, I lost my job at the uh, spiritual cafe working as a psychic after about six months. But that was fine for me because I didn't want to tell people lies. Right. Okay. So I'm interested in this because most of us would go to see a psychic or clairvoyant um, to look into our future, um, and, and so can you can you just explain a little bit more in depth there about what you're saying when you say there is no future and there are only millions of paths we could go down? Well, if time is now, mm. how can there be a future? Gotcha. <laughs> and pretty simple. All I can, yeah, but well, true. But all I can tell you is from my perspective. See, I didn't have any training in any of this. I just could see inside people. I just saw things. I've never done any training in psychic ability or medical intuition or, or any of this. I just tried to sort out the mess that was me and understand the abilities that I had. But what I've always been able to see inside people apart from energy fields and chakras, but again, I didn't have those words when I was growing up. I learned those words uh, later in life. I could, you can imagine it, like all these threads, kind of, they actually look like silver threads, thousands if not millions of them streaming out in front of a person. And a person can choose any one of those paths that will lead them to a final destination. So when I was reading people's energy fields or doing psychic you know predictions because I was told I had to by the owner of the cafe I was (laughs) genuinely confused thinking okay well there are a a myriad of experiences or futures I can choose you know what I did because I didn't want to lose my job I picked the one that seemed most probable but I also picked the one that seemed most favorable because within a very short space of time I kind of you know caught on to the idea that a lot of it was BS and that psychics were just telling you what you wanted to hear. Yeah. So I thought, okay, Belinda, you know, smart 19-year-old Belinda, pick the path that seems most likely so the person will go, oh, I relate to that, but pick the path that seems most probable at the same time. And I became an extremely popular reader, but I didn't feel good about that because I felt like I was telling people lies. What I know to be true is that every moment, every second of every moment, you can completely change your destiny. And you change your destiny by the choices that you make. And the choices that you make are the byproduct of the consciousness that you have. So for me, creating a fabulous future is about the energy that I'm bringing to the moment. That's why I talk so much about changing your energy to change your life. From my perspective as a psychic and a medical intuitive and a spiritual mentor, It's not your thoughts that create your life. Your thoughts are a byproduct of your vibration or your energy. So I don't say change your thoughts to change your life. I say change your energy. Like Mm -hmm. the most direct route in all of this is going to the energy field, working on the chakras, because once they're working, 
everything works. And I mean, I'm not alone in that. That's what Ayurveda is based on, Chinese medicine. So many of the powerful traditional uh, medicine forms are based on do you have free flow of chi through your energy field or aura or body, you could call it, or not? If you don't, that will negatively impact your health as well as your wealth, as well as your creativity. So everything that I learned from working as a medical intuitive is simply this. Mm. If there are blockages in your energy field and chakras, you experience blockages in your life. Mm-hmm. If you change the blockage in your energy field, you won't experience that life problem. And that's a philosophy that I didn't learn you know, from a teacher or from a mentor. I haven't had any teachers or mentors. I learned it by looking inside people and seeing that I knew all about a person's state of life by looking in them. If you just think about that for a moment, when I was a child, I knew all about a person's external life happy, sad, um, what type of relationships they had because it was all happening within them. Within is the core energy, without is the secondary energy or primary is within and without is secondary. So the way I got all my information was I'd look inside people because that's where all the information is and that would explain to me their state of affairs, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. That is, uh, that's a beautiful way to describe it. And so to, to sort of dig a bit deeper into the idea of um, chakra blockages, actually, even when you were saying that just now, I, I, my first question I want to ask is not one that I have planned is, can you inherit chakra blockages? Yes. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are many, many reasons why you have blockages in your chakras. I believe that your past lives play a role in that. I believe that your genetic disposition plays a role in that. Astrology, not that I'm an astrologer, but astrology can even play a role in that. Um, The gender that you, the the body that you've incarnated into plays a role in that. Your parents' beliefs, their parents' beliefs, uh, family origin, it all affects us. So I say, though, instead of being concerned with where it's come from, because it's come from so many sources. I mean, basically, when we come here and when we incarnate into a human vessel again, we we take on all the baggage. (laughs) We do. Yeah, we're good at baggage. Yeah, Yeah, we do. But that's the journey. You know, that's the soul's journey. We come here to, people call it life lessons, I say, to journey from dark to light. So we fall from light into dark. And we journey then back to the light. That's what each soul does when we incarnate. When we come back and start again, we become tainted. Our vibration drops. So we take on the you know, negative influences or cultural conditionings and baggage and all of that. We absorb like a sponge. You know, we just absorb it all. However, Instead, to, instead of trying to work out, okay, do I have this problem because of ancestral heritage or this problem because of a past life, I say don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> Just work directly with your energy field and chakras. And in the process, you may know, oh, I have that from my mom or from my dad, or you may not know. Either way, it doesn't matter anymore because you're free of baggage. You're free of a blockage. That's really interesting. And do you feel in the work that you've done uh, with people on their health that that is not just about mental baggage but also physical baggage? 
What's the difference? How would you uh, say that's different? Okay, interesting. I was just thinking, you know, I consider myself to be quite mentally strong and very positive, um, but I have a a physical baggage situation at the moment, which Mm -hmm. is recovering from mold illness. And it it feels like the physical um, blockage is very much still there, even though mentally I just want to leap past this and be free and... And, and I'm just curious to know, um, and maybe it's like a little seesaw of balance between the two. And mm, yeah. Okay, that was great. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes, absolutely. We can inherit uh, not very strong physical vessels. Mm. That's absolutely true. So in my work as a medical intuitive, when I used to work together with doctors and healthcare practitioners, helping them as well as their clients get well, because my main work was in health, actually, sometimes it was completely left field why the person had what they had. Sometimes, for example, let's just take your story, for example, Mm. they just have a mold issue. Sometimes they've inherited a weak heart from their father. Sometimes, however, they've inherited anger from their father, which has caused a weak heart. There were different parameters that I would read upon. I would look at the physical parameter, and I think this is what you meant by emotional baggage and physical baggage. Mm. So I'd read the physical parameter, the emotional parameter, the mental parameter, as well as the spiritual parameter. And through those four parameters, I'd be looking at, I'd be scanning the energy field as well as the inner organs and the workings of the body what's the mental problem here what's the emotional problem here what's the spiritual problem here what's the physical problem here and you know three or four people or 10 people really could have the same condition but it all stems from a different source Mm. ultimately though it's all the same source it doesn't matter if it's a mental emotional spiritual or physical problem We're talking about a blockage in the energy field. We're talking about a stagnation or a point in your energy field and physical body where prana or chi is not flowing in. That's Mm. the basis of health. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. It matters that we are working on wherever the blockage is within our energy field, even if it's a physical blockage. See, if you were now to go into yourself, and if I were to say to you, Alex, take a few deep breaths in and out and tell me, where is your mold located? Now, what I wouldn't mean is uh, on the tell bathroom me where ceiling or whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> or in your digestive system. Yeah. I would say to you, tell me, focus upon your mold and with your eyes closed, you don't have to do this now. But I'm doing with it your... now. <laughs> my eyes are literally closed. I've taken my deep breaths. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. So for me, within your energy field, by intuitively feeling it, where the blockage of mold sits, not where your mind says, oh, it's throughout my system or it's in my digestive tract. No, no, no. Think about mold and think about the feelings of frustration and everything that you've had around that. Where are you feeling it in your body right now? Wow, that is such an interesting, I just, everything went to my lower right um, sort of abdomen area, sort of like liver and down kind of area. Good. Mm. So you very quickly located the blockage in your energy field that is, a blockage simply means it's blocked like a blocked pipe. Yeah. 
So that point in your energy field is dark. It's not getting enough light. So what you would do then is in your meditations, now that you've very quickly and easily located the blockage in your energy field, you would work with that and you would just keep bringing your mindful awareness to that point in your energy field and in time light will begin to flow in and that will in time heal you. It can heal you either in that you gain even more clarity about what action steps you need to take to clear and finally heal your mold or it could happen that simply bringing light in helps your immune system become stronger so your immune system can throw off the toxicity of mold but that is the way we are energetically designed there is a reason why we have certain life problems. If we use our intuition and go within and locate them within our energy field, when we feel where it's blocked and when we feel the stagnation and then use the power of our own self-healing mechanism, I mean, really, that underpins everything I teach. This is mm. about healing myself because <laughs> yeah. you have this. It doesn't mean I don't work with healthcare practitioners. I do. I come from a medical family. I work with, well, when I worked as a medical intuitive, I worked with a lot of people. This is not about just meditating and channeling white light and ignoring everything. No, 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 no. What you are doing, though, is you are directly bringing light into a dark area in your energy field to mobilize your self-healing power. That is the underpinning of health. Amazing. And... Um what I find really interesting in that is, uh, I, you know, I instantly wanted to draw a parallel to the food that we eat. And I, I, we, I, we have a program called Real Food Rockstars. And the very first time I ran it, I ran it live and coached. And by about day two, three, four, very early on in the course, I got a bunch of messages where everyone was saying, okay, where's the part where you're going to give us the meal plans, the shopping lists, and tell us exactly what to eat? And I'm like, well, you come to the wrong person if you think the answer is going to be outside you. This is really about taking the information in about our food systems, about sustainability, about motivation around cooking, about being able to afford to move over to organics. Those are all the things I'm going to help you with. We're even going to look at how food can be an incredible preventative across many different uh, modern day afflictions. However, um, in terms of what ends up working for you best out of all of the wonderful whole foods we could eat, that answer can only lie within you. And, uh, and I just love that you instantly made this about an empowering journey of starting to realize how much healing we hold within ourselves. It's almost like a potential we all need to realize is unlockable, right? Yes, agreed. Mm. And I think when you've worked with the amount of people I have, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know how to count how many energy fields I've looked inside in my life because that's a daily occurrence for me. But when I worked uh, as a spiritual mentor and as a medical intuitive, I, I really worked with thousands upon thousands of people. Everyone is completely individual. Mm. We are. It really is. Everybody's life motto should be to thine own self be true. <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. But this is the thing. Are you bringing light into your energy field or are you tainting it further? 
So when you were talking about real foods, I'm thinking, well, of course the human body needs real foods because it brings in prana and light, mm. <laughs> you know? So although it is thine own self be true, there are some things that are I can say as general statements. Yeah. A general statement is each person has the ability to go within and to feel where in their energy field feels blocked or stagnant. And then through a meditation practice or whatever practice a person would like to do, they can begin to heal that. So the reason we eat real food is because we're bringing in prana. The human body needs prana. We get prana through food. We get it through good soil, which we severely lack nowadays. Yes, I know. Um, we get it through creative expression. We get it through heartfelt communication. We as human beings need prana. We can't survive without it. And we get prana through connection. There are different ways that we connect. So one thing I can say, <laughs> although, you know, we've talked about to thine own self be true and be thy own healer, which I believe in, the human vehicle vessel, energy field and chakras, as well as the physical body, was designed to be connected. Mm -hmm. The most unhealthy thing is to be disconnected. Right. And we connect through eating foods of the earth, don't we? Mm -hmm. Real food. We connect through having an understanding of how we are either caring for animals or not caring for animals, mm. caring for other human beings or not caring for human beings. So the basis of my work as well is about not only connection to self, because that's the only connection there is, through the connection to self, then connecting to the wider community in a loving and kind way mm. and our planet even even wider yeah. than that yeah yes and then even wider than that because of course yeah. there are ghosts and beings <laughs> and other worlds and galaxies i'm just going to start patting and hugging the air just in case there's someone there <laughs> you should you should you should um so how would, uh, you know, in your book, you talk about your three-step technique to clearing chakras and healing our lives. And I feel like you've already kind of started talking about that. And can you dive into that a little bit? Like what would a daily practice look like for us to to do that? Is it as simple as the little um, exercise you just guided me on? Uh, no. Okay. So Yes, you can do that. But what I advocate, and I advocate this simply because of my, as we've talked about, background experience, what I could always see as a child, I could always see energy fields and chakras, but I didn't know that they were called that. Mm -hmm. So when I was young or forever, I've been able to see these balls of light, you could call them, within energy fields. And these balls of light pull in prana for us to utilize. So it was only later when I discovered the work of the famous medical intuitive Caroline Mace mm -hmm. that I realized that they were called chakras. From my perspective as a psychic, mystic and medical intuitive, we are energy first and foremost. And the most important thing that we need to look after is our energy. It's my experience that if you look after your energy first, everything flows from there. So what I do, and I've done this every day for 10 years, usually more than once a day, is I do a chakra cleanse meditation. So I start with my lower 
chakras. I believe we have 12 of them. <laughs> People talk a lot about seven, but oh, I've always... I see the seven lower and I see five higher cosmic chakras that are above the crown ascending into the heavens. So every day I work on my chakra system. I start with the base. I work up to the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, the crown. And then I look up. That's how I look after my seven lower chakras. And then I pull in white light from the heavens that go through my higher cosmic chakras. I do that every day. That's what I've been teaching my school of the modern mystic students uh, yeah. since the online school opened in we 2000. We have someone on our team who's doing that course at the moment and loves it yeah oh great and that's for me and for what I discovered I think that is the most powerful way to make sure that you're in an optimum health really mm. I mean energetic health alignment Yes, that's what, you know, actually I teach, uh, not only do I teach that in my school, I also have a guided chakra cleanse for busy people that people can download from my website. But I also do have a free chakra course where I offer the transcript of that for free. I'm, um, I'm not a psychic in any way, shape or form that I know of. However, I can picture people right now furiously Googling and heading to your website to download the Chakra Cleanse for Busy People. I think well, it really is the great modern affliction, isn't it, busyness? Oh, my goodness, mm. yes. But there's nothing wrong that you're not psychic. You're sparing yourself <laughs> a lot of struggle, believe me. Yes. I would like that. I often say to my mum, oh, I just like a day of being a muggle because my mum, you know, that's the Harry Potter reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum's a muggle. And I'm like, well, good for you. <laughs> I'd love to be a muggle for a day. Oh, to switch it off, just to switch it off. No, but truthfully, this meditation is how I regain balance for very sensitive types. It really grounds us and stops us from being too in the mind or too psychic. But for those of us, like yourself perhaps, who you are highly intuitive, you may not be psychic. I definitely feel intuitive. Yes, I will give you that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, for people like yourself that want to perhaps open that more, the chakra cleanse meditation balances that out too. So it's great for sensitive types who need to be very grounded like me. Oh, and it's yes, really that is me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's also really good for people that want to explore their spirituality and start to open up in a gentle way but truthfully this is the only meditation I do wow. I it's this because it works for me mm. and I believe that this system that I've observed in people's energy fields really and then gone and created a meditation from that is everything you need to do to make sure the inside is right now of course in your day-to-day -day interactions, you need to be mindful and caring and loving. You can't, you know, work on your chakras and then get up and shout, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or be unconscious. But I, it would be surely the act of working on your chakras that would then bring a more balanced energy through to a more um, positive energy to the rest of your day anyway, especially if you did in the morning. Absolutely. If you've mm. spoken to anyone who's been doing this chakra cleansing maybe even for a shorter amount of time, but even longer, it takes you to depths of bliss. I mean, it's the same meditation I do in terms of structure, but every day my meditation is different. And it takes me to such depths of bliss and harmony and peace and love. I, 
that's why I offer the transcript for free and the chakra for free. I just want everyone to do it. <laughs> yeah, and everyone will because it's in the show notes. So go and check it out. And uh, if you're part of the Low Tox Club, um, or if you're not, you can um, you can always join us anytime. Uh, I will make this a one of our seven day curiosities challenge challenges that we do to kind of you know dip our toe into a new thing to add into our lifestyle into our day and we all talk about how um how that then plays out for you what you found noticed experienced and um and often people just actually say well I'm keeping this because that felt fabulous and I want to keep going so um so yeah let's let's do that that would be um that would be amazing I'm looking forward to that um now uh, in terms of um, time of day, I just mentioned casually, surely in the morning, that would be a good thing to set you up for the day. Is it something you can literally just jump into and do any time? Or do you, have you found over the years that there's a better time of day to do chakra balancing and cleansing? Mm. I haven't found necessarily that there's a better time of day, but because chakra uh, cleansing is a longer meditative process, I suggest that people do it when they have time. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just uh, quickly clarify that. Because I was going to say, because I, remember, I, know. Well, I don't have time for that. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I recommend. I recommend that if people are new to meditation, that they start out by doing some other mindfulness-based meditation or breathing meditation that takes five to ten minutes. Then I recommend that they start by doing the chakra cleanse meditation one to two times a week and building up from there. The chakra cleanse meditation takes about 30 minutes. Okay. For some people, that's too much, but this is what happens. It's so good and your energy gets so good so quickly that people then become chakra cleansing addicts. Now, I know mm. we don't addicts, but you know what I mean. It's a good thing. And that you find that they are wanting to do it more often. That's what I recommend. Start with a five to ten minute just breathing meditation because for some of us, that's too much already. Now, I've been meditating for ten years and I'm a meditation teacher and it's very easy for me to meditate for hours a day if I would like to. But like anything, you've got to work your way up to it. Yeah. So just start by then putting aside time once or twice a week for the 30 minutes. It's about 30 to 35 minute full chakra cleanse because this is the thing, Alex, and this is important. To get the full benefit, you really want to work with the entire energetic system and that takes some time. Mm. We have two energy flow currents in our body, which I call earth to heaven and heaven to earth. Now, some people call the earth to heaven the mother earth energy flow current and then the heaven to earth is father sky. So just to keep it really short and simple, in order to get enough prana so that your chakras and energy field gets enough fuel energy, you need to have energy from the earth flowing up into your body and energy from the heavens flowing down. Why that is, I don't know. We're just energetically designed that way. So it's important that we're working up our energy field and looking after our chakras and so looking after the Mother Earth energy flow current and then that we're bringing energy down so that we have heaven and earth within us. To do that, to give each chakra enough time and to bring the energy down and to look after the entire energy circuit, it does take half an hour. 
But when you start doing it and loving it and seeing the huge changes in your life and your health and your relationships, you'll be wanting to do that more often. And so many people, after they started doing the chakra cleanse, end up doing it every day and yeah. accept it because they love it so much. I love what you said about, you know, when you, fi- when you really love something and you find the benefit of it so clearly, it does tend to draw you towards it more because... I mean, really, frankly, so many of us are just wandering around scrolling on social media accounts for hours a day. So we all have the time. It's about sort of tuning into why one would make the time. And I love the idea of dipping your toe in, doing it twice in a week, doing it three times in a week, and just seeing um, seeing the pull that then would naturally come from that. Mm. Exactly. And you're right. You know, people said all the time, I don't have time. And I know they don't mean that literally. Mm. Their mind is telling them that. Mm. I have a good friend who's a very successful businessman and he, uh, someone, we were at lunch and someone casually said, oh, I don't have time for that. And he said, you do have time for that. We all have 24 hours a day. It's about whether you actually want to make time for that. And that's sometimes a much more frank conversation we need to have with ourselves, right? How yeah. badly do you want this? Yes. Mm. Um, now, obviously, in your work as a medic- medical intuitive, um, I- I'm curious to know, uh, because I'm just picturing a naysayer in that sort of part of um of being uh, psychic and being a medical medium. I I can see them saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get my chakras cleared instead of getting my ankle surgery, sure. You know, like obviously there's a place for acute care and chakra healing to work together and complement each other. I'm just curious to see in your experience how you've found that line, whether you've ever found it hard to draw that line on when you would send someone on, um, or back to a surgeon and say, no, no, this one's definitely for you. Like, I, I'm really curious to know how that's worked. It's interesting because I was the biggest skeptic of all. Mm, interesting. Okay. If you had said to me when I was 18 that you will work as a psychic or a medical intuitive, it would have been my horror. Mm, why? Because, well, not only was I brought up in the Pentecostal church and told that all of that stuff was of the devil, I had just experienced so much BS in the spiritual field and so much wishy-washy kind of people giving vague um, readings. I mean, I'd had a few readings myself and it was just vague. It wasn't Mm. anything exact. I'm extremely down to earth. I'm very psychic, but I'm totally practical. I come from a medical family. I mean, my dad's a doctor. I had good grades at school. I was studying journalism. Mm. The last thing I wanted was to, God forbid, be a psychic. I mean, (laughs) nothing about that is cool. And the psychics that I got to know, I was 19. They were in their 60s and they were called, you know, Pandora and Lily and you know and they they read tarot cards in the little shopping center I mean oh god so I think that I am still in I I am still in as much shock and as 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 skeptical as everyone else Mm. you know about all of it all I can say is this within a very short space of time professors of medicine came to see me and check me out when I lived in Germany. Yeah. I just can. And they just knew. 
And I've never had a divide in my mind between alternative medicine and traditional medicine being brought up a doctor's daughter. I'm extremely practical. And I've never, ever, ever said in any of my readings that I'm a medical professional or a healthcare practitioner. I knew my place, I think. That's mm. the way I can say it. Yeah. And because I'm so skeptical and I'm so not interested in all of this hoopla and woo-woo and that stuff, I just said what I saw and always surrounded myself with professionals who would look after clients. And I never, ever made decisions about whether someone should get ankle surgery or mm. work on their chakras because to thine own self be true. So do, I know that's a long-winded way to answer your question, but from my background, from my personality, from my development, my gifts were just so apparent that I never really had to prove myself. And then nowadays, I actually don't really care what people think. I care that people find their own joy. Mm. That's what I care about. And, you know, I joke, but it's true. I mean, some days I would happily give all of that psychic business away. Yeah. <laughs> Take I can imagine. And that's yeah. why I'm glad I don't work in as a medical intuitive anymore. So I don't have to spend my days looking inside people because that was a, a burden too. I can only say that everything I share is what I have learned by observing people's energy fields and by being in the healing profession for a long time. Mm. And what I share is always in the vein of self-empowerment. But my best friends are in the healthcare industry. You know, my sister's a midwife. My dad's a doctor. I surround myself with professionals. And, you know, if I hadn't had a C-section, I would not be alive today. Oh, I, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Neither would my son, exactly. you know. I, I don't see it, I suppose, what I'm trying to express. I don't know if I'm doing I know, it I know well. what you're trying to say. Can I say it for you? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Can I be intuitive? So yes, <laughs> I think it is there. there is the, the miracle of acute care, the, the magic they can work at a split second of urgent requirement is 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 magic it really is just the shining light of the true um the true uh desire for medicine to be the amazing thing that it is and um within that though we need to realize that that while there are moments where that field of medicine shines greater than any other um there are fields of healthcare. Um, holistic and alternative, as they're called, um, that can help our bodies find alignment in a way that acute medical practice cannot. And I think um, I think it's about all of us starting to realise that we all have a place and a very valuable one at that. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. And I think that's always been my philosophy because I've always, you know, I talked before about having one foot in both worlds. I've always been a psychic who was completely grounded in the world of traditional medicine. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So I don't have this polarity in my mind, or oh, that's alternative, or oh, that's traditional. There can be amazing GPs and not so amazing GPs. There can be amazing naturopaths and not so amazing naturopaths. 100%. 
So follow your own intuition, get your chakras right, that's what I would say, and then from your right and healthy vibration, you will be guided to connect with people that can help you get yourself well. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I, I want to sort of change tack now a little bit uh, and speak more about this idea of you speaking about your enlightened moment, meditation, our purpose to being to recognize that we are light when darkness is all around us. And uh, I think anyone who comes across a Facebook news feed or watches the news or accidentally hears the news as it ticks over to the o'clock on the radio when we're in the car, you know, more death, more threats of war, more hate speech and on and on. Um, how, what advice do you give us there to to be that light when sometimes it just the, the sheer noise of the media uh, can can sometimes make us feel like there's it's too dark and there's nothing we can do. Mm. I struggle with that myself. Mm. The reason that I know that we are, have fallen from light into dark and are coming to find our light again is because I had the actual experience of that. That is not something I say as a kind of spiritual theory, I experienced it and I saw it in my what you know I've called enlightened moment. I know that it's true. Do I always believe it's true? Do I always find it easy to find the light amongst the dark? Absolutely not. I've had that experience from a soul's perspective, but as a human being, man, there are days that I walk out my door and because I have this you know, X-ray vision, I see illnesses inside people. I see so much cruelty and violence, and I feel really sad and overwhelmed. That's my human self. But my soul self knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I and all of us decided to come here to, amongst the darkness, discover where light, and through discovering where light, shining light out into the world. I know that 100% to be true. So what I do is, obviously, because this is what I uh, share and teach, I just keep meditating and working on my chakras and elevating my own consciousness because the only way that we can, A, know ourselves to be the light and, B, share the light with others is to have the actual experience of that. Mm. So once, Alex, you've had the experience, or perhaps you already have, of in a meditative state or in some type of um, beyond mind state, it doesn't necessarily have to be spiritual, but transcendental, and that means beyond mind. Mm. Once you've had an experience of knowing, seeing, experiencing, oh, I'm light, when you have that experience, nothing can bring you away from that. You know it. It's as if you were to now have this a full-blown uh, kind of psychic experience and you would just go, well, it just happened. It happened to me. I know it to be true. So what I recommend is, of course, chakra work and meditation. There is so much theory about spirituality nowadays. I mean, really, the industry is booming with it. It's not a bad thing. There's so much more consciousness. But no reading about it, no studying it, no theorizing it, no mental energy will ever take you to the place of having the full-bodied experience of feeling light within you and the bliss of that or feeling light pouring down on you and the bliss of that. That is a transcendental state that is beyond any mental understanding. That's why I say 
work on your chakras. Let your chakras take you deeper so that you can touch the light within yourself. And when you feel that, you go, oh, I'm light. So when you have days where you think, oh, my God, doom and gloom, you can then remember that experience you had. Oh, I remember. I'm the light. And that quickly pulls you back into a higher vibration. Mm, beautiful. Sounds very appealing. <laughs> I think we should all go there. Well, yes, because you would know that from your work too. Mm. It doesn't matter what you say to people. You know, you were saying before that people wanted lists and what you should eat. It's not about that. Now, we give information and help, don't we? But really what we want people to do is get in touch with their inner, you know, chef, perhaps, you know, mm. when it comes to food or me, inner intuitive, inner healer, and have that confidence, the connection to self to follow that. That's beyond the mind. 100%. I know um, one of our other courses, Go Low Tox, and a lot of what I cover in my book, Low Tox Life, um, is, uh, you know, just looking at it as a surface thing, you might think, oh, great, this is just going to help me swap my shampoo and get a safer lipstick. But really what I'm fascinated about and passionate about is connecting us further to nature, connecting yes. us further to what we're really here to be and do, connecting us further to our concept as custodians who then pass the planet on to the next generation as we all try and usher it um, to its best health possible. And the decisions that you start to make differently once you've connected to that are the easiest and most powerful decisions you could possibly yes. make because mm -hmm. you've done that work to get in touch with why all of this matters in the first place. Because you're changing your consciousness. Mm. Yeah. You're changing your energy, aren't you, really? Yeah, that's right. And when you change your consciousness, you start to see life as being connected. You know, we talked before about disconnection versus connection. So then you start to go, wait a minute, this is not all about me. Look, it's about animals and plants and nature. And then we realize that we don't just live in isolation. We are an energy field connected to hundreds and millions of other energy fields, which is connected to the one energy field called Mother Earth, which is connected to other energy fields of other galaxies. And then we go, wow, mm. I'm really this tiny speck, <laughs> tiny star in this ever unfolding galaxy. But you know what? I want to shine my brightest because when I shine bright as a star, I light up all the stars around me and then all the stars around me can light up all of those stars. You realize that you're a, a powerful little chain in this uh, huge um, connection and chain of, of, of all of these other modes, modalities of consciousness. So that's how I see it. But I know that going outside of myself is not going to make my little star shine any brighter. I can only do it by working on myself. And then my literally, it literally looks like this, then my energy field becomes more luminous and that spreads out and lights up other energy fields, which lights up other energy fields, which creates that lighting up of the world. Mm. Oh my gosh, I love it. This appeals to my idealist heart so much. It's beautiful. Um, I want to finish on something I've seen you, I've read that you've said before, uh, and it just kind of was one of those little phrases that stood out straight away and it really got me thinking. So I'd love to hear what you meant by this, and, and I will share what it is. Don't worry, it's coming. Uh, sometimes it's not our circumstances that present problems in our lives, but rather our beliefs about them. What did you mean by that? 
well, I think what I meant, because I'm not quite sure where you got that from, but that's <laughs> fabulous. It's good, isn't it? Go yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, I should have a book of quotes. That's amazing. I hope I said it. <laughs> you did, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I hope I meant at the time. I don't worry too much about changing thoughts. I don't worry too much about changing belief systems. I worry about changing chakras. Mm-hmm. So I see it like this. Thoughts create belief systems. Belief systems create reality. But we can change our perception of reality. And we can change our perception of reality by responding differently. The way you see the world, so what you believe, you do draw to you. Quantum mechanics has proved that. But I could tell you that when I was five years old, I wouldn't have had the language for it. But I knew that. I could see within people's energy fields that the way that their brain saw the world is the only way their brain saw the world. Right. So remember before I said when I was a child, I could see inside people. I could see an energy field, which you can also call an aura. And then within that, I saw these little spinning wheels of light, which I came to realize were chakras. So I knew back then that these little balls of uh, light would draw in prana. And for some people, they didn't draw in prana very well. And for others, they did draw in prana really well. And then I could see in front of them and we talked about this before, people's futures, all these kind of silvery, almost spider webby paths <laughs> moving out, taking people in a certain direction, millions of them, mm-hmm. so they could choose. What I could also see around people's heads, I know this is very visual, but I hope that it, it helps, is a kind of a, a blinkered view of life. So I realized at a very young age, not that I would have had the words for it, that your brain can only see what your brain can see. And that's why we do the same things over and over and over and end up hating ourselves for doing it. The way to transcend that is by bringing more light into the energy field and chakras, because when you change your chakras, it changes your brain. When your brain changes, it changes your belief systems. When your belief system change, it changes the way that you see life. And instead of responding to life with, oh, my God, the circumstances of my life are so difficult, you begin to see where before were obstacles, opportunity. Mm. So it becomes then your belief systems is is that which allows you to move forward or step back. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I used to work as a spiritual mentor and some of my clients were, whatever this word means, but very successful people, you know, Mm. like well-known people, people of huge companies, celebrities, whatever, like Mm. I'm not really fussed on that. But the way that they would respond, the way successful people respond to life is very different to the way not so successful people respond to life. People that are successful have their brains wired in a certain way in which they they believe that life is an adventure or they believe that there are no obstacles, there are just opportunity. They really see life differently. Now, some of these people, luckily, uh, had parents that trained them, so their brains were trained that way. But other people, also through the work we did together, learned to change their brains by changing their energy. So to circle back to the question that you asked me, I truly believe Our life circumstances, although at times can be extremely challenging, I mean, we've all had very challenging life circumstances, but I believe we can respond well to life 
if our brain is not locked in negative conditionings. Mm. And most human beings are in negative conditionings. It's not our fault, but it is what we've absorbed. I talked before about being tainted when we come to earth, and we truly get tainted. Mm. When we start to bring more energy, light or prana into the energy field, it literally changes our brain. So our brain expands and opens. We see more light in the world. We see more opportunity in the world. And then we don't really worry so much about our circumstances. Mm. We just worry about our belief system because your belief system creates the way you perceive reality, whether you see difficulty and darkness or whether you see light. And opportunity, yeah. And opportunity. Mm. successful people have different brainwave patterns and respond differently if you want to be successful or um, not mediocre we could call it that I believe you need to change your energy that changes your brain and you start to expand your consciousness and see so much more opportunity amazing wonderful so true I totally believe it as well um oh gosh how do we wrap this epic conversation up i guess it, it all comes down to wanting to leave people really with two three things that we could all start to focus on to uh to get our energy in shape uh and uh and and be that light and emit that light and see opportunity instead of difficulty and if you had to boil it down to just a couple of pieces of advice I have a feeling your chakra cleanse might be one of them Um, and I certainly hope it is because it just seems like such a no-brainer for us all to jump onto that Um, but is there anything else that you would uh, advise well, I, if I were allowed to have uh, two (laughs) thank you my (laughs) first one would be you are energetically designed for magnificence everything you want is within you in order to tap into that magnificence and follow that magnificence and express yourself as an individual you need to understand that the most important thing that you can do for your life and your health and your family and your career is to work on your energy that is when everything falls away, that's the only thing that's left. So understand your energy, one. Two, work on your energy. That's what I would say. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Belinda, for joining us today. Uh, everyone can get your gorgeous book, download the Chakra Meditations and connect to the work that you do Uh, via your website which all the details are on the show notes but if you happen to be walking right now and you want to look it up can you just give us that url just now it's belindadavidson.com wonderful nice and easy thank you belinda you have a beautiful day and i know that everyone will really appreciate this conversation and and a look into not only your life but how you work so wonderfully to improve so many others lives and for that we thank you thank you for having me
Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you inspire you to take community action and there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written you can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name I make everything super easy Lotox Life so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.